are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. A little bit different schedule this week. We moved our crossover from Thursday to Friday. This is our Friday show. Before we get into that Friday show, plenty to get to there with with Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs. Um, Devontae Adams returned to practice yesterday. Um, He did mostly conditioning stretched, but he was out there. He is back from COVID, as was Joe Barry. And in case you were wondering and worried, um, and I, I appreciate if that is the case, uh, Matt LaFleur said he talked to Aaron Rodgers again, that Rodgers is feeling okay. And, uh, you know, we will we will see where this all goes from here. There are some reports um, that Rodgers is, is pretty upset about all of this and that it leaked out and all that stuff. I don't know how you avoid it. If he's going to be out 10 days, everyone would know the deal. But it is what it is. Let's get to our crossover. And welcome back to another crossover episode. This is Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Packers. Lots to talk about when it comes to the Packers here in just a moment. Uh, Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Packers. We are free and available on all platforms. We do really appreciate that. And this episode of Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Packers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Peter, we have a little bit to talk about today, don't we? <laughs> I mean, nothing's going over. Nothing's going on in Green Bay, right? Speaking of I'm loving it, um, what is the opposite of that? That That is what uh, we have been dealing with in Packerland um, over the last few hours. So for anyone that was living under a rock, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not going to play this weekend because of a positive test for COVID-19. And it turned out, we learned through the reporting of this process that he was unvaccinated. And that likely means that the Packers have been, even though they claim that they have been following all the protocols, it seems like that is maybe not true. Uh, The NFL is investigating all of that. Uh, But from a practical standpoint, and, and neither you nor I got into this business to talk about communicable diseases um, and viruses and epidemiology and all this stuff. But it's been the reality for us, right? For the last year and a half. And we just, this is the nature of what we do now. And yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things on the field. Aaron Rodgers cannot be back with the team until at the earliest next Saturday, which means he would have no prep to play the Seahawks. Not that he couldn't come in cold, But I think the expectation right now has to be that Aaron Rodgers is not only not going to play this weekend, but is not going to play against the Seahawks either, which means uh, Jordan Love is going to have to play the defending AFC champs, albeit a version of the Chiefs that is not what we saw last year, and a 2020 playoff team in the Seahawks, which, oh, by the way, could be getting their all-pro quarterback, Russell Wilson, back. He has circled in ink the Packer game as his return date that he is aiming for. So 
it's it is hard to think of any storyline that could have affected the Packers at least in the short run uh, more than something like this, and and it has really it has really been remarkable. Yeah, and I really don't know what to make of the whole situation because it seems like Aaron Rodgers led himself out there to be thought of as a vaccinated player, which, if I remember the protocols correctly, would possibly mean that he could still play on Sunday if he had been vaccinated. But because he's not, he he's definitely out this weekend, or likely, like you said, out next week as well. So this is something that has been parsed ad nauseum. We talked about it on my show yesterday, and I went I went pretty hard on this because I felt like. It was not only disrespectful to the audience. Um, I, I think I think it goes beyond that. I think when you're a public figure, um, it, it, to mislead the public, not just the media, the people in the room, to mislead the public about your vaccination status. And let's be unequivocal about what happened. He was asked by Ryan Wood of Packers News, "Are you vaccinated?" He said, "Yeah, I've been immunized." Those are his words verbatim. He said. Yeah, I've been immunized. Now, it turned out he had taken some homeopathic remedy that he petitioned the NFL to count as a vaccine. The NFL ruled it didn't. Yes, it's possible that when he said those words, he felt like he had followed NFL protocols and and potentially was in this fight about it. But he was asked if he was vaccinated and started the sentence with, yeah, here is the metaphor that I have been using. I ask you, Chris. Can you run to the store and pick me up a six pack of Diet Coke? You go to the store, you come back. I say, hey, Chris, did, did you get the Diet Coke? And you go, yeah, I got the soda. I open the fridge and it's Diet RC in the fridge. We well, didn't get the Diet Coke. You lied. I asked you if you got the Diet Coke and you lied about it. This was at worst a lie and at best intentionally misleading because there was a follow-up question asked. A follow-up question asked about Kirk Cousins, who has said he's not vaccinated and doesn't plan to get the vaccine. Do you think, you know, was this important to you, competitive advantage, all that stuff? He had an opportunity to write the record and say, well, I'm not vaccinated. I have done X, Y, and Z other things. And he didn't do that. And so the only conclusion that we can come to is that he was intentionally misleading the public, and not to mention everyone in that room. That's the other thing, Chris, that really bothers me about this. The media that went in there every day, and the NFL has since said that not wearing his masks in those press conferences is a violation of NFL COVID protocols. Everyone in that room operated under the assumption that he was vaccinated. I assume that some of the people in there, some of them who have kids, some of them who potentially have live-in relatives, some people in that room who might be you know, have autoimmune diseases or be immunocompromised or live with people who are or are over 65 or are high risk, they would would act differently potentially if they know they're going to an Aaron Rodgers press conference where he is A, not vaccinated and B, not wearing a mask. That That is just it, to, to intentionally mislead those people about it. I also find to be not just gross, but unethical. And that's that's part of the reason why I have such a problem with how this was all handled. He could have just said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's a personal choice. And there's a lot of people on our team who have made a personal choice. And I don't want anyone to feel bad for those choices. He could have said that. Well, Carson Wentz said that. 
Yeah, and he, he even did say something similar to that because he said, you know, it's a personal choice for those people that aren't on our team that are not vaccinated. And I'm sitting here reading all this afterwards just going, wow, I, I just I don't know what to say about that. I mean, he's obviously not playing this weekend. It's a big story. It's going to continue being a big story. I just want to throw this out before we take a quick break. Uh, Chiefs, Chris Jones was limited in practice. Mike Rimmers did not practice. Looks like they could miss him again this week. Chris Jones will be playing, I would assume. But when we come back from the break, I'm going to ask Peter some more questions about this Packers team because it's going to turn into be probably a really good game for Kansas City and, and the barometer of where they are. I am I am so excited to talk about it. Uh, I, I was sort of champing at the bit to talk about it yesterday on our show about what this means and, and what changes. But like you said, before we do that, let's talk about our friends at McDonald's, probably serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to just get tasty, affordable food. It's one of my favorite places. In fact, I went over the weekend. I'd had a little too much wine and I needed I needed a little comfort food. I needed a place that would that would give me something delicious that I could just uh, I could just feel good about. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they've got dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries, milkshakes. Fountain sodas. I love a fountain Diet Coke from McDonald's. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or away team can come to recharge. There are so many times, not just over the weekend, that I can think of when it was a place I used to go there almost every day after football practice. In August, we'd have four-hour practices, no two-a-days, can't do that anymore. So I hadn't had dinner. It's eight o'clock at night. I'd go I'd get my two cheeseburger value meal, supersize that for me. And yeah, if, if I'm in the mood, a chocolate shake. So head to your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Packers, locked on Chiefs? Let's do a meetup watch party. That'd be great. I'm loving it. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents per gallon of gas every time they fill up when they use the Get Upside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents. Cash back. Cash back. Why are you paying full price at the pump? Don't do that. Get the cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. It is free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. You will get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. If you're driving a lot, we could be talking about two, three hundred free dollars just for doing a thing you were already going to do. And it's so simple. The money can go right into your bank account, right into PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, whatever you want to do. Just download the app and use that promo code touchdown to get a 50 cent per gallon cash back on that first tank code touchdown with the get upside app. All right, so now we have to talk a little bit more about this game. And obviously, we've already talked about Aaron Rodgers. There's still a lot more to be said. The first question I'm going to ask you is, obviously, Aaron Rodgers not playing is a huge thing. And I have to admit, really quick, I was really looking forward to this game because we were finally going to get Mahomes versus Rodgers. Yeah, Mahomes did not uh, play in the last game. It was Matt Moore. And we still got a great game, by the way. Um, Yeah. I, I sort of fully expect it to also be a really good game, even if I, you know, I think the outcome could potentially be different than than it would have been otherwise. I think the Packers would have been in really good position um, to to steal a win against the Chiefs, given the state of the Chiefs right now. Had Rodgers been able to play with Jordan Love, obviously it's going to be a much taller task. That line has ballooned from one and a half all the way up to seven and a half, depending on when you're listening to this. Over with our friends at Bet Online, so. Uh, it, it is a bummer that we're not going to get to see Rodgers Mahomes. And, you know, I, I, I assumed sort of, uh, you know, I, in 2019, at some point I was like, okay, we might actually get a Rodgers Mahomes Super Bowl at some point. 
I'm I'm becoming less and less confident that we might get that, and and that would be a bummer if we never do. We we are probably never going to get um, a Rodgers Brady Super Bowl. We came close with the NFC Championship game, but it would it would be really a shame if we never got a Rodgers Mahomes Super Bowl. And we got the Brady Mahomes one, so you know let, let's let's try let's try both sides. Let's go. Yeah, I would love to see that. I will say though, I I do think that it's possible we'll get Mahomes versus Rodgers in the future. I just don't know that it'll be in a Green Bay uniform. That oh, that's rude, year. Chris. That's rude. Yeah, sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> what have you heard so far? Maybe, maybe twice a season next year. It's possible, and with Denver making all their trades that they're making, I would not be surprised if he ends up in Denver. What are you seeing so far from this team with the guys that were on the COVID list last week and whether or not they're going to play this week? So um, Alan Lazard was a unvaccinated close contact. So he had to miss the game, had to be out the five days, but but has tested negative, continues to test negative. Um, and so he's activated. He is expected to play, um, barring any additional um, uh, 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 tests that would come back. Um, Matt LaFleur, as we're recording this had said that, that he, he's hoping to get Devontae Adams back, has some hurdles to clear. Joe Barry has, um, hurdles to clear as well again, as we're recording this. So, um, we'll, we'll see. I think it's also interesting to add David Bakhtiari's status. Um, Matt LaFleur was, was very, uh, uh, let's see what kind of, what kind of adjective do I want to use? He was, he was like faux cagey when asked about David Bakhtiari's status, a decision he said has already been made about whether Bakhtiari will play. Um, to me, that means he's going to play. And I think that would be a huge deal. Um, and so if you could get Adams, if you could get Devonta or David Bakhtiari back, I think now you're giving Jordan Love the best chance that you can potentially to succeed. And I'm glad you bring that up because I think that's the key really right now is that you're in a situation where we know Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback. So you want to get him and you want to see what he can do against a NFL defense, although it's questionable whether or not a lot of people call <laughs> the Chiefs defense and NFL defense with the way they've been playing at times. And I get that, but with Bakhtiari back and with Adams back, I think that that's something that you guys could really build on going into this game and, and would give you an idea as to what you would have next year uh, if Rodgers isn't there. So I do think that that would be something nice to know. Yeah, and and not just nice to know. Um, when you When you think about the opportunities that we've had to evaluate Jordan Love, they are few. Right. We've had this preseason. He missed one of the preseason games. We really only got to see him twice. And one of them was against the Bills number one defense. He he played really well outside of two questionable decisions. And one was a play that got blown up, was dead from the start. He tried to make a play, heaved it into the end zone. It gets intercepted, a play he should just never make. And then the other was they had driven the ball down into the red zone. He gets pressure immediately, gets flushed out. And, and tries to make a play. It's worth noting that's backup offensive lineman. And I th- his number one receiver was Malik Taylor. So no MBS, no Alan Lazard, no Devontae Adams, no big Bob Tunyon, no Aaron Jones. It's a, it's a pretty big difference. So this is, as you mentioned, the first opportunity, we're going to see him throw a live rep to Devontae Adams. It is the first time we're going to see him have a live rep with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins blocking for him. It's the first time we're going to see him have a live rep handing it off to Aaron Jones or throwing to Aaron Jones. Uh, That is wild to think about. 
um, because he got in in the New Orleans game uh, and they, they had emptied the bench in that game as well. So and he actually played played decent in that week one game. Um, I, I think I don't I haven't checked it recently, but was leading the league in big in big time throw percentage because he'd had like four throws and one big time throw is like one of those deals. Um, but it, it definitely changes the way that they're going to play. Uh, but it does it does provide a better context, the best context this team has had by far to evaluate Jordan Love. And from that standpoint, you know, this was a game three, four weeks ago, you just expected to lose. And so now that Rodgers isn't here, you know, the context has changed a little because you felt like with the way Kansas City was playing, you could have a good chance to win this game. But now it's sort of like, well, it's gravy. If you can go in and beat the Chiefs with Jordan Love, awesome. That probably says something really good about Jordan Love, and it definitely says something really good about Matt LaFleur and, and the rest of this team. But if you can't, I don't know, it's going to be a really tough game to win anyway. Yeah, and I think the game is definitely going to be changing because with Jordan Love, it's obviously a different team. I do think it's kind of funny. I was looking at uh, a site earlier today, and it said that the Packers' best wide receiver right now, at least best stats-wise on the roster, is – Randall Cobb and I kind of had a laugh and I'm sitting there going actually that's accurate because everybody else is either on IR or on the COVID list um so I get that looking at if we flip it over though and we look at the defensive side what have you seen from the Packers defense because I think that's really what this team is going to be worried about when I and I say this team when I talk about Kansas City because if their offense doesn't get going it's still going to be hard for them to win the game yeah. And, and, you know, this is something that I've talked about a little bit this week. Uh, the, the thing that has given the chiefs problems this year, I'm not telling you anything you don't know is when teams have been able to play that too high shell coverage, not give them anything down the field and force Patrick Mahomes to be patient, force them to into looks where running the ball would be advantageous. The Chiefs have not been able to take the gimmies. They've not been able to be patient. Mahomes has forced some throws. He's had some bad interception luck. And they've lost, I think, just like 5, 10, 15% of the advantage that they used to have at the skill positions with some, some talent losses. You know, you lose Sammy Watkins. Not that he was great, but he was better than McCall Hardman. And Tyree Kill all of a sudden doesn't look like the same kind of guy. Travis Kelsey is not sunning anyone who covers him like 3% less, right? Like it's just these little, these little ticks that can change so much. And it does seem like they're pressing. It seems like Mahomes is pressing a little bit. And for the Packers, they're one of the best two high coverage teams in the league at preventing big plays. They've been a top three team all year at not giving up big plays. They've been really good about it. And Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes on the outside. Russell Douglas is physical. Eric Stokes is fast. It's going to be tough to get down the field against this team in the middle of the field. Devondre Campbell is playing at, a, at an all pro level. You've got Adrian Amos and, and Darnell Savage in the middle of the field. They are terrific safeties. And so if you, if you want to have an anecdote for Travis Kelsey, not that anyone truly has, you know, there's no panacea defensively for Travis Kelsey, but the Packers have the sort of people that that can create there and and they have been a a team that has started to get turnovers the last couple of weeks. Um they're in the top 10 in in turnovers created or interceptions created and and their offensive line or defensive line has been creating pressure. Rashawn Gary is becoming um a, a really really good edge player Kenny Clark so terrific inside and so if you're going to rush for 
drop seven and play that two shell. That's exactly the kind of defense that the Chiefs have had some issues with. That's that is the identity of the Packers defense. And so I'm I'm fascinated to see if if this is the week that the KC you know figures it out if they get off the schneid so to speak or if it's more of the same. Yeah, that's a great question and I think that it could have been a little bit of a different situation if Kansas City knew that they were going to have to press and play Aaron Rodgers and score 30 points just to even have a chance to win the game. With Jordan Love starting, I think it does change things a little bit for them. For sure. Uh, but I do think that it's still possible the Packers put up a bunch of points, especially if they get somebody like Devontae Adams back. Uh, yes, you lost Tunyon, but you still have Aaron Jones. You still have probably Devontae Adams, I would imagine, in this game. Uh, I would expect Alan Lazard back as well. So I think that you're going to be getting a little bit healthier going into this game. Well, when we get back, I'm going to flip it over, and Peter's going to ask me questions about this Chiefs unit that he's already been talking about. Uh, and we're going to get into that. But I want to tell you about Bet Online. Everybody's at Bet Online. As Peter said earlier, what is it, seven and a half points right now already uh, with the Aaron Rodgers news coming out? We are back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on and receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, which was amazing and can't bet on that anymore, uh, NHL, boxing, and UFC to any of your Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So I did double check. It is Packers uh, plus seven and a half. Um, the over is 48 and a half. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't mark what it was before that, but I, I would guess it was higher than that. Um, this is, this is probably a game that the Packers do not want to be 30 to 27, um, because that, they, that puts them at a decided disadvantage. I said that about the Cardinals game as well. And guess what? Um, it, it was a lower scoring game, especially for the Cardinals. So let's talk about this Kansas city chiefs team that has not quite looked right, but in terms of points per drive, they're still doing a great job. This offense is still dynamic it's still explosive Tyreek is is still Tyreek Travis Kelsey is still awesome and Patrick Mahomes can still do things that almost no other quarterbacks can do what do you attribute this uptick in turnovers to this season bad fundamentals in a lot of ways uh Dan Orlowski I don't know for people that uh, watch ESPN he's done a fantastic job breaking down some of what is going on with Patrick his bad fundamentals uh his feet are causing issues. Uh, his decision-making has caused issues as well. Don't get me wrong. But when you start looking at the way he's throwing things and the way he's off balance on some of his throws, not able to step into them, it shows up in a lot of different ways, even on good plays or plays that turn out to be first downs. He's not throwing the ball where you'd want him to throw it. He's still missing by, you know, a couple of feet. And that turns into turnovers later in games when he's putting trying to put it in tighter windows early in games. And and you have to also admit there have been a lot of fluky turnovers for the Chiefs. I mean, they hit the guy in the helmet this past week and it still became a turn. I mean, you know, it still became a turnover. So it's still a problem. And and Doug Farrar wrote about it over at the touchdown wire. Uh this is a lot of this is 
turnover luck regression because uh, early in his career, Absolutely. if you look at inter interceptable passes, um, he was getting really lucky with guys dropping passes. And, you know, you, you look at that Falcons game, was that a year ago where, where he threw what the would-be game-sealing interception in the end zone? Uh, it's dropped and the Chiefs go on to, to win the game uh, in a game that they, they could have otherwise lost. So... Is, is this just a matter of, of okay, you know, you, it's not shake off the rust time, but it's just sort of like, okay, find that pocket, that rhythm, um, and and they can just get back on track? Or is this something that that may need an offseason to to adjust, whether it's game plan, whether it's fundamentals? I mean, it took Aaron Rodgers. He was, he was playing out of rhythm. He started squatting. He started getting his lower body, you know, um, stronger, and he felt like he was able to play with better fundamentals as a result. Is this something that can be, you think, quick fixed, or is this going to take some time? I'm afraid it's going to take some time. Uh, I would love to say it's going to be something that you can quick, quickly fix, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think when you're looking at this and you look at what his real problem is with setting his feet right and all of those little things, that's something that's going to take thousands of reps, and you're just not going to get that in a week. Uh, one, you can't practice that much in a week. Two, you can't. Uh, practice that much in the NFL right now anyway. And three, I mean, it's something you're going to have to do over a long period of time to get there. I don't have a thought that he's not going to get it figured out going forward in like 2022, but I do think that he's going to have the rest of the problem, at least to a certain extent for the rest of 2021. Um, but you're right also about the turnover regression. I mean, you know, he had a lot of throws that should have possibly been intercepted in previous years that weren't. And so now that's, you know, changing things. But then you also have issues where it's fluky turnovers. Travis Kelsey never, never fumbles the ball and he fumbled the ball against the New York Giants. And they took that ball and they, you know, scored a touchdown off of it where they couldn't score most of the other, the rest of the game. So it's, it's all kind of fluky. And I really wish there was a great answer for it, but right now there's not. And I'm afraid it's going to take a full off season for him to figure it out. So defensively, because that is the thing that has, has really, I think been, um, I wouldn't say surprising, but they've made investments in that defense. Obviously, Frank Clark was a big part of those investments. They've paid, yep. you know, top of market money for guys like Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and Frank Clark. But it has become a running bit that Neiman and Sorensen are just like they're they're sitting ducks out there. It's identify that guy and throw at him. So I, I don't even feel like I need to ask you what has gone wrong for them because we we kind of know those big answers. I think the better question is. Um, what what are the fixes, if any, that they can go to? Honestly, you know, for me, the biggest thing that they could go to when it comes to Ben Neiman is you put Anthony Hitchens in that spot. And you have Bolton be your starting middle linebacker. I think he's played great the past two weeks. I think he, he has shown you that he can play middle linebacker, and that's where he should play. I think when he's playing... You know, the other position, I don't think he's playing his natural position. And I think he's playing, uh, I don't think he's going to be as effective there. So I think if you put him at the middle linebacker spot and put Hitchens when he comes back from injury, which it sounds like could be this week because it sounds like he practiced, uh, I think you can actually get better at that spot as well. And that takes Neiman off the field. Uh, and if Neiman's not on the field, then you're in a better situation there. When it comes to Daniel Sorensen, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do in that situation because the only real answer you have is either quit going to the three safety set, which they're not going to do because Spagnuolo loves three safety sets, or use a different safety. And it doesn't seem like they want to do that, so I'm not exactly sure how they're going to address the issues there. But 
you know, clearly on that touchdown last week to the tight ends, I believe it was Ingram in, in the goal line, you know, Willie Gay is sitting there telling Sorensen, I've got the inside. Don't worry about that. Make sure you, he can't go outside. And what happens? It's a touchdown to the outside shoulder. And that should have never happened. It should have been something he could have defended. And I don't know how Kansas City fixes it because it doesn't seem like they're going to go away from the guy. Yeah. Uh, the actual question is which touchdown to the tight end last week? Because there were two. Um, and, well, and the that, first one was on Neiman. So I'm talking about the second one that was on I Swanson. I just had to tease you a little bit. No, that's fine. I get it. Uh, so Jordan Love is the quarterback now. How do you think that changes the way the Chiefs approach this? Because Spagnolo has had success against rookie quarterbacks, but that was with other personnel that was in other seasons, um, in other circumstances. So how do you think that changes? Does he become more aggressive or is this, this one of those like, Hey, we're just going to play coverage and make Jordan love read everything out. And if he beats us, he beats us, but we're, we're, we're not going to give up, you know, anything in the run game. It's all going to be single high. Um, we're going to stop Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as best we can for the 32nd ranked run defense in the league. Um, and, and do it that way. I mean, what do you think the move is here for Spags? Okay, so one thing I do want to throw out there, I, I know that they're the 32nd ranked run defense or they're horrible run defense, and I get that. I do think not having Aaron Rodgers is going to change that a little bit because I think that's something that will change the way defenses play against the Packers. Uh, and so I think that can help Kansas City a little bit. The other thing I will say is that I'm wondering how much they're going to use Melvin Ingram in this game. They just traded for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was already out of practice today, so on Wednesday. So it sounds like he's probably going to play this week. So I would think that you could be looking at a situation where you get into passing situations and it's Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Jerron Reed, and Melvin Ingram coming after you. And I think Kansas City should be able to generate some pressure with that. Uh, and if Bakhtiari isn't out there, that's another whole other issue uh, for Green Bay. So I'm really excited to see that and see how they use Ingram and see if he's able to step in and give him pressure right off the bat. If he is, that's really going to help. I do think Spagnuolo is going to some pressure at, at Love. I do think that that's the way he's going to roll in this game. I don't see him wanting to sit back. That just doesn't seem to be the way he generally will do things. Uh, he will generally go after a quarterback, especially young guys. So I expect him to go after Jordan Love in this game. Yeah, I can see a lot of, uh, you know, er- early pressure and then use Tyron Matthew as sort of a lurk robber defender where, okay, there, he's probably going to try and get Devontae Adams early when he sees the pressure and have Tyron Matthew undercut one of those, you know, slant routes that they're going to try and throw or whatever it is. So we'll, we'll see. I expect a lot of quick game from Jordan love quick game and shot plays off play action. I think that that is going to be the game plan. You're going to see some boots. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some the zone read, some true RPO, some post-snap RPO, which we don't see with Aaron Rodgers, where he's actually reading the conflict defender linebacker to see if he's coming up or, or staying deep. So I think there's a there's a, a really fun chess match. It's actually, I still think, a really fun game to think about schematically. And, and Packer fans, there are a lot of Packer fans who are still really excited to see Jordan Love. They just stole a game on Thursday night. They stole that game with all of the injuries, with with Devontae Adams, with COVID, with the game ceiling interception, basically as time expired. They stole that game. This game was sort of always going to be gravy. I think it's just really exciting to go out and see what Jordan Love is and does. And look, it's good information either way. If he goes out and he's terrible, then that's all the more reason for the Packers to say, Aaron Rodgers, just sign this lifetime contract as long as you want to play. Let's do it and then move forward. And if Jordan Love is great, then they have this this um, player that they can either 
go to next season and move on from Aaron Rodgers if that's what he wants, or a player who has shown something and they can get the Jimmy Garoppolo package for him, add a pick and then, and then take that and move forward. So I still think this is a really fun game. It's been really fun to to talk to you about. I'm ready for them to strap it in and and just let's go play. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this game. It it did lose a little bit of a little bit of its luster, but I still am looking forward to it. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Jordan love play as well, just because it's curious to see what he's able to do in a regular season when he actually has the same weapons that Aaron Rodgers has been working with. Yeah. Getting, getting just like I said, getting early in the podcast, getting to see him throw to Devonte Adams behind an offensive line with David Bakhtiari and, and Billy Turner and, and Elton Jenkins with Aaron Jones back there and Mercedes Lewis blocking and, and MVS and Alan Lazard. If that, you know, if all those guys are going to go, it's just, it's going to be a fascinating eval. And, you know, like, look, Matt Moore went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers two years ago. You know, it's stranger, stranger things have happened. So I, th- I still think it's going to be a really good game. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to, to talk about it on Monday with, with our audiences. It's got to be a lot of fun. And thank you so much for coming on, Peter. Really appreciate it. That is going to be it for us today. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, be sure to go check out another place where you can go find Peter. I walked on today. Peter, thanks a lot. And you have a good one and good luck this Sunday. Thanks, Chris. You too, man. <laughs>